0: Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.
1: Well, I've gone off gadgets and gizmos because my um, computer uh, disappeared yesterday completely. All it was was one Uh cup of tea, one cup of tea. And it just got very grumpy with me and decided never to work again. Said, I'm not Uh going back there. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't mind so much, except it is the third time I have spilt. Well, only once. Uh, the other, one of the other times it was tea. Once was white port.
0: But, um, <laughs> white port,
1: yes, yes. sticky. Yeah. Oh,
0: uh, well, yes, probably.
1: Oddly enough, I think it might have been the white port one. That, where somebody managed to rescue it, but so there was no how, rescuing
0: to be done. How many times must this happen before you learn your lesson?
1: Oh, each time I learn it for about a month or two, and then I get a bit lazy again. The trouble is, you know, I like having my computer while I'm doing other things which involve drinking tea. Or How did you happen to spill tea on the computer? Uh, Exactly, I'm not sure. But basically, I I was doing Wordle. I was going to send you my Wordle score. Um, My hand knocked something somehow. Uh. And... um, that was awful. Yes. Keep, keep the tea a bit further away. Yes. And you You've did say you did say by message um, that I should put it in a bag of rye, rice. Yeah. I think a friend of ours was. But I, 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 for some reason, I think of a plastic bag. So I put it in a pillowcase, which
0: I'm sure didn't help. No, that wouldn't help.
1: No. no.
0: I'll, know, <laughs>
1: I'll know for future. Yes. I'm trying to uh. keep it. Maybe I'll just give up tea. I'm certainly not giving it white port, though. I think after yesterday, I need You probably need it, exactly. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, I'm sure you've got
0: other gadgets with which to excite us. Um, what are they? Well, yes, indeed. The the Royal Mail um, are expanding their drone delivery. They've done a few trials of drone delivery. Now they're mm. expanding it to 50 new right, uh, new routes on the Isle of Scilly, where mm. they've been doing their trials, but also on Shetlands, and the Orkneys and the Hebrides. So Traditionally, they have been taking post there by plane, yes, because that's the only way you can get things there, and it's a very expensive way of doing it. Well, they are going to launch two hundred drones, each of which is capable of flying fifty miles each way, while carrying a hundred kilograms of post. That's it's quite brilliant. heavy. It's quite. Well, it's it weighs, it weighs more than you. Yes, I've been on heavy. a diet. Oh, in that case, we're much more than you. Yeah, right. um, it's really quite impressive. I think that's extremely impressive. What a, what a good use of drones. Yes, and all yeah, very cost-effective. Yes, yeah, so of course, when your package doesn't turn up, you can't just pop to the local sorting office.
1: Or, or what happens while you were out? What happens? The <laughs> drone comes, hovers by your letterbox, pushes a card through without pressing yeah. the bell to see if you're in, and goes back again.
0: I suspect they deliver the post to some local sorting office rather than individual houses. Oh, that's a bit dull, really. (laughs) Possibly, (laughs) but uh, I think rather more cost-effective way of doing it. Okay, but yes, good fun.
1: Mm. But if it wait more than you, you can't, and it's and it's cost-effective. You can't have feeling really. If you could strap yourself to one of their drones, you could thumb a lift home.
0: You probably could. How exciting that would be. But yes, just you, back wrap everything. yourself in, in packaging, brown paper,
1: put yes. a few stamps on, and off yeah. you go.
0: Well, I don't know if the drone could even read the stamps. I think just the brown paper alone would do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right, where now? Uh, well, now on to MasterCard, who are uh, inaugurating a new payment system uh, where you register with their Biometric Checkout app, mm. which is not a good name because it sounds so... Invasive. Checkout sounds is
1: checkout sounds vaguely
0: terminal. It does, doesn't it? Biometric oh, yes. checkout, especially. Oh, yes, and uh, they they show some instructions. But what it seems is you check out, register with the app, and then when you get to the checkout, you either smile or you hmm. wave at the camera at the checkout. So it's not going to be <laughs> useful for people like Jack D, is it? No, absolutely, Mister Grumpy himself. Yes, exactly. But yes. <laughs> Uh, and then they say you have to then confirm it by tapping on the screen. By then, that means the screen on the checkout or the screen on your phone. They're saying it's a it's a contactless payment system. And if you're tapping screens, then it's hardly contactless. Anyway, they're going to try it in Brazil first before they launch it worldwide. So let's see if because it's, it's a very happened. smiley country. Obviously a very smiley country. Yes, exactly.
1: Yes. I can't help feeling it's yes, the smiling. So for passports, you're now not allowed to smile. For paying for things, you're now going to have to smile. It's
0: going to get very confusing. confusing. It is very confusing. What yeah. happens when you want to pay for your passport?
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. have of
0: that one, haven't they?
1: No. Let's have all of these. So, where now?
0: Well, we all uh, clean our teeth regularly. And uh, I think you you actually do the full two minutes, don't you? on a timer on your toothbrush. I think you mentioned that on the show once. Did I? Okay, yes. But how clean are you actually getting them? Are you getting them deep clean? They would be cleaner if you used nanobots. So here's the thing. (laughs) Yes. Nanobots, (laughs) they put them into microscopic channels in your teeth. And they steer them by magnetic fields where they use heat to kill the bacteria. Um, and uh, they 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 say this could be very good for improving uh, root canal work, so that they could um, actually give a uh, a much better much better clean than the dentists could do without the nanobots. This Although is not presumably
1: sh- for home. You're not going to have to sort of you know put six or seven nanobots in your mouth and say off you go, boys.
0: According to the, the Indian Institute of Science, they are very close to deploying this technology in a clinical setting. So, so far, they've been doing it with pulled teeth and mice. I don't think they put the pulled teeth in the mice, right. but they're doing them separately. And They say it's, it's almost working. So it's another one of those coming soon.
1: Mice must have very small teeth, so they must be very nano-nanobots.
0: They must be very – well, if they can go into microscopic channels in your teeth, they've got to be pretty small nanobots yes, I mean. anyway, haven't they? I guess. I guess.
1: Yes. Well, how extraordinary. I mean, that film with Raquel Welch, Fantastic Voyage seems to yes. be getting closer to reality with every passing month.
0: Yes. I don't think they actually put women in bikinis inside the nanobots just yet. Oh, well, what a great shame. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Uh, so, from uh, nanobots that clean your teeth to underwater robots. Are you sure you're not robots. thinking
1: of five million years BC? I'm in mid-segue here. I've just suddenly thought oh. back. I'm not sure she was in a bikini in Fantastic you You're always, thinking of five million years
0: BC. She is always in a bikini at some point. I'll have to watch
1: it again. Okay. If Sorry, I respect. interrupted. I apologize.
0: So, yes, oh, I'm not going to do the whole segue again, so we'll just have to miss it out now. Yeah. Underwater robots, not teeth-cleaning robots not teeth-dealing robots that kill bacteria, but underwater robots that kill jellyfish.
1: Apparently, good thing, too.
0: Is it a good thing?
1: Oh, I don't like jellyfish.
0: Well, they certainly don't like them in Japan so much that uh, the Hiroshima Institute of Technology has produced a jellyfish extermination device, as they call it. Oh. Um, Jed, r- as the
1: Americans would no doubt call they it. They probably
0: would. It's a three-foot-long little sort of submarine thing, mm. Uh, and it uh, go fly, roams around the oceans, it identifies jellyfish, sucks them into inside the robot where jets of pressurized water then shred each jellyfish and inject the fragments back into the sea. Wow. Wow, indeed. I'm almost surprised. You would think the Japanese probably eat jellyfish. You'd think they want to conserve the bits. I don't think even the Japanese eat jellyfish. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. Because they are fouling up the the fishing trade because fishermen are catching jellyfish and then getting stung by them as they try and sort out their catches. So I suppose Mm -hmm. this is quite a good thing, really. Well, we just get stung by the fishmonger. Ho, 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 ho! Very good. (laughs) And while we're underwater...
1: Available for bar mitzvahs and (laughs) weddings.
0: Well, yes, indeed. Well, and Weddings, you could have a party underwater. There's a Dutch submarine company. I've given you an company. inadvertent segue. You have. Okay. Dutch submarine company called U-Boat Works, that works with X, <laughs> who are about to make the underwater entertainment platform, as they call it, or right. UWEP. Not a good name, UWEP. No, I'm not sure they can imagine that even in Dutch. It's huge. It has 150 square metres of space. Mm. which is over 1,600 square feet for people like you prefer square feet. Yes, Big enough to take 120 guests plus the crew, plus catering staff. It can go down to a maximum of 200 meters on trips lasting up to 18 hours, which would be quite a party, wow. really. It?
1: Good gracious. Mm. Yeah, but at least the labors won't complain about the noise as much. <laughs> you get fish banging on the windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oi, mate. Yes. Yeah. Well, extraordinary. In mind, of course, if you spot Rachel Welsh in a bikini, be really careful, you might be injected into
0: somebody's bloodstream. Well, yeah, indeed, you might. Yes. So, you bought uboatworks.com if you want to find I out. Just more. Thought, There's no way of leaving the party early. No, absolutely. You're stuck there. Well, you're stuck there. Mm. Um, and an 18 hour party, up to 18 hours party, it doesn't have to be 18 hours, of course, but it's all very configurable in different ways. You could have discos down there, mm-hmm. you can have it all set up as a ballroom. Looks quite good. I imagine it'll be quite expensive to hire. But you know, if you want to outdo someone with your yes. daughter's wedding. Yes. Yeah it does sound do it, great it? fun. Yes. yes. Your daughter. Just as long wedding, as the bride is not fashionably a... be late. Ah. Indeed. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. You yeah. know, all these you. late-comer guests stranded on the quayside.
1: That should be my job. People should come to me with their ideas, and
0: I'll find what's wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could try to start off by pouring tea into them and see what that does. Well, yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. So let us move on to counterfeit drugs. Counterfeit mm-hmm. drugs apparently is a b- even bigger problem than counterfeit clothes, uh, because the counterfeit drugs, they look exactly like the real thing. Mm-hmm. and They probably have similar kinds of ingredients. So I don't know if the issue is that they've got dangerous ingredients or they're just infringing on the copyright of the drug manufacturers.
1: We're, so we're talking about legitimate drugs?
0: We're talking here. about legitimate yep. drugs, yep. Yep. Right. Exactly. okay uh, Because they look just like the real thing. So the University of California has put its thinking cap on its a collective thinking cap, mm. uh, and it's trying to work out how it can make counterfeit drugs look different. And the answer is to put chocolate sprinkles on them. You know, you can get those things that are a bit like Cadbury's buttons, but they have sort of hundreds and thousands. Yes,
1: of yeah, yeah. I can't remember the call, but yes, I know.
0: Well, a miniature versions of hundreds and thousands, and they glue them onto the tablets. They then photograph each tablet. And then the idea is that when you buy your your, your packet of drugs, uh, you take a photograph from, of them with your phone, and then you can go onto their online portal to check that what you photographed is the real thing and, and not a fake thing.
1: So it's like a sort of fingerprint for drugs, but made it's of sparkles.
0: Like, exactly. And obviously, you know, having photographed files of all the drugs would, require, would result in a huge thing. But they say they can do it with a text based string rather than the photograph. a so text-based string that describes the photograph and the location. And Extraordinary. The samples, rather than storing. Well, I mean, photographs are stored as text-based strings anyway, digitally. So it's not okay. that much of a leap to do it. Uh, and they reckon with text-based strings, they could uh, store enough data for 41 million pills for each person on earth which what's, is an awful lot of storage a, a good many yes the other advantage of putting chocolate sprinkles on drugs is they taste better <laughs> with well, a couple unexpected side effect yes that's strong, well,
1: as long as you actually like chocolate but well, what's going to happen to the vegans
0: don't vegans eat chocolate
1: no it's made of,
0: de- it's made of
1: oh well i suppose it depends if it's <laughs> cocoa that's fine but if it's if it's you know CDM type stuff then yes they don't
0: want the dairy in I'm sure some, CDM you, uh, is that well known equivalent for is dairy milk yes is it okay well I believe so not one that I've heard before <laughs> but, but never mind I'm learning all kinds what well, do you things. have now I have now what a good idea I think, I
1: think it's a very good idea time for us to take a, a, a break I think that was it's also an equally good idea another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check
0: This is Share Radio.
1: This is Simon Rose. You are listening to Gatch and Gizmos on Share Radio, where I'm in conversation with Steve Kemplin. So, where now? Well, we talk
0: quite a lot about batteries on this program, both for electric cars and for phones. Yes, and that's true. Just for regular kind of battery use, mm. and the world has an inexhaustible need for batteries. Mm-hmm. but an exhaustible supply of batteries, particularly lithium. So scientists have been trying to look at different ways of uh, of making batteries. And uh, there's a, an idea of making self-charging batteries that makes electricity from the moisture in the air. <laughs> right.
1: Well, if it works, yes, but, but now you're going to say gonna it just, mean, it's not going to work.
0: No, no, it uses graphene oxide. They're not really going into many more details than that. And they call it energy ink. It's non-flammable, which is a good Mm -hmm. thing for a battery. They say it can be printed onto flexible plastic. And the first use for it will be for the Internet of Things in wearables. So because Mm -hmm. as you sweat, it will power up your, your battery. And so you could have a little Internet of Things device that tells you you're sweating too much that's activated when you sweat too much. By a battery that just charges itself, on. you get. So idea. we're talking about relatively low. We're talking about batteries, we, yes, yeah. yes, low, very low currents. But Internet of Things stuff, all they're doing is sort of reporting home, mm. saying what's going on around them. So they don't need a, a higher power. It's not like they've got to make an electric grill go around mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I think it's a very good idea.
1: Well, if, it, yeah, if, it, if, it, it, if
0: it works i think it probably will work meanwhile there's an even better way of making batteries and that's from algae so the uh, university algae? of cambridge what?
1: algae uh, flight Lieutenant algae
0: almost flight Lieutenant algae his cousin his cousin's the, the mold oh the growth. is that not algae i don't know i'll have to look it up afterwards i probably it pronounce algae? it wrongly no, all, no, it all this year i don't know well, let's call it algae to distinguish yeah. between the, that and your flight lieutenant chart.
1: Not that I suppose one encounters many people who fly called algae these days, but time was.
0: Time was. If you had a handle by moustache, the chances were you yes. were called algae.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yes. whatever it is, algae or algae, no, yes, let's, the stick case. with I algae.
0: Energy from that. They take they've taken blue green algae and, and put it in water. Um, and in a unit the size of an AA battery, so really pretty small. Mm-hmm. They've managed to make it run an ARM Cortex M0 plus microprocessor, which is a kind of Internet of Things sort of sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they have made the battery run this processor for over a year without a break. Isn't that good? Yes, Just geez. by sunlight on the uh, on the device. That's absolutely brilliant, but, but how portable is this going to be? Well, because the size of an AA battery, that's pretty portable, I think. As but long yes, as but doesn't the, the algae it have out... to
1: have to be in some sort of solution
0: or something? Yes, it's a it is in water. It's blue green algae in water. Oh, okay,
1: but you're carrying a little tank around with you,
0: the size of an AA battery. Oh, it's okay. tiny. All right. Okay. So the point is, if you're a farmer, say, who needs to know how his crops are doing and you've got little IoT things, uh, oh, IoT yes. device, then you can just have one of these dangling from your ears of corn or barley mm-hmm. or whatever it is they dangle from. And uh, then they can just report back without uh, without using any more batteries, other than putting new algae in once a year. I think that's yeah. terribly clever.
1: I, I, Well, I wouldn't disagree.
0: Yes. I wouldn't disagree.
1: In fact, let's celebrate with one of these. With that tech punctuation point, we move on.
0: And it's more bad news for Tesla. Um, Elon Mm -hmm. Musk not having the, the best of months, it has to be said. He's having to put his Twitter takeover on hold. Um, largely because uh, of issues over how he's raising the money to do it, but also over the fact that Twitter users are leaving in their uh, in droves, course, hmm. possibly by the myriad. I haven't counted you know how much myriad well, not is. Not
1: that, but, uh, but ESG, um, environmental, social, and, and uh, governmental f- uh, funds are now, um, even though they're, they're investing in energy companies, are now saying they're not going to invest in Tesla anymore. You would think would be the
0: oh, most really? right-on company. Yes, very strange. How interesting. He's getting very cross. He's getting cross. Well, even crosser with the uh, re- revelation this week from NCC Group, who are um, a tech company based in Manchester, who've shown they can unlock Tesla cars by hacking them. And it's supposed to be that you have your key on your phone. Mm-hmm. And when you're within, uh, I think it's seven metres of your phone, then it unlocks your Tesla for you. Well, what they have done, is to capture, stand outside the house, someone's house. Hmm. They've got a Tesla parked outside, so you know that they're in there with their with their phone. Uh, they can capture the Bluetooth low energy signal from the phone and then translate it directly to the Tesla and unlock the doors. And drive, this, drive away? They could probably drive away, yes. Wow. Wow. It's slightly concerning, isn't it? Well, not as much for me because I haven't got one. No, but they couldn't but... drive away because once they start driving away, the Tesla would quite quickly realize that it's nowhere near the phone. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But they could take whatever you've got locked up in your in your Tesla, assuming you mm. have got things locked in your Tesla. So,
1: yes. beware. so not a good not a good week for Mr. Musk then.
0: Not a good week for Mr. Musk, but a potentially good week for carnivorous astronauts. <laughs> oh, of which I imagine there are many. Well, I I would imagine all astronauts to date uh, would rather have a, a burger than quorn, don't you think?
1: Yes, yes. I but they try, they bring up,
0: but the delivery charges are too expensive. Well, that's the problem. It is indeed the delivery charge. It costs $10,000 to get one pound of payload into space. Wow. So, It means if you've got your astronauts and they are four of them feeling maybe peckish but not starving, Mm. and they have a quarter pounder each, that's $20,000 to get it to them. No, $10,000 to get it up to them, which is an awful lot, isn't Mm. it? So uh, there's a... Alif Farms, we've talked about Alif Farms before. They're an Israeli-based company that are making artificial meat. And they have been working out how to make meat in space because... Obviously, you do. That's the kind of thing you do. And so what they do is they take cow cells and they feed them a mixture of amino acids and carbohydrates. And then the cells supply into muscle tissue. They don't develop into full cows, but they turn into into muscle uh, through a process called proliferation, which I suppose is quite a good process. So it could be possible that astronauts can eat meat in space, except as naysayers have pointed out, there are a couple of big downsides. One is that it takes quite a long time to grow a steak by this process. Mm. Uh, And uh, you then have to transport the ingredients up there, the amino acids and indeed the, the carbohydrates. And so you're not actually saving all that much unless, of course, they can grow their own carbs in space. I mean, maybe that is possible. Who knows? Maybe maybe meat on the moon will be possible at some point, or maybe by the time we get to actually having lunar colonies, the idea of eating uh, meat from actual animals will be a thing of the past, and we will be eating lab-grown steaks. Mm. What do you think? You're not tempted by the idea of lab-grown steaks, are you? Well, if it tastes
1: exactly the same, I suppose I would be. Yeah. But until we get sort of you know quality, you know te- testing blind tastings, and you know. French gastronomic um, exactly. people. Well, can not so I, much I the, taste the difference. the
0: texture. I mean, oh, they can yeah. make a packet of crisps that tastes more <laughs> or less like steak, but it's the, it's the, the, the texture, isn't it, that is, uh, that is the problem?
1: Well, you say that, but I read an article recently that said that most people, when presented with crisps in a blind tasting, could not tell what flavour they were.
0: The, well, I could distinguish between cheese and onion and salt and vinegar. Hmm. I think if I were given... Uh, you know, roast ox flavour mm. or one of those more bizarre yeah, ones, yes, it'll yes. be very difficult. But no, I think you're absolutely right. It is, it is very hard to uh, the, Next time we have a party, we should put out some multiple crisps and do some blind tastings and see if people identify them. That's really a rather good idea. It's a rather good idea. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. You, well, you, could have,
1: you could have, yes, you could put, yes, little, um, what do they call them? Those boards, clipboards, clipboards out. People can, can write down what they think they are. Yes. Oh, well, I could probably do it with an app. Can I suggest? Or... Can I suggest you do it with incredibly expensive malt whiskey as well?
0: <laughs> Is this a party you'll expect to be invited to? Well, I'm hoping. I'm
1: hoping to. Certainly, you know, the Christmas case, I could possibly forego. We'll but
0: yeah. Okay. Good time for another one. One
1: quick one, I think.
0: Okay. The United States Navy have shot down their first drone with a laser cannon. Accidentally or on purpose? On purpose. The drone representing a subsonic cruise missile. And um, the laser cannon can both destroy uh, a drone. um, And it can dazzle pilots rather than killing them. uh, Mm. Effectively with phases set to stun, if you remember that from (laughs) Star Trek. Yes, except Um, if they're dazzling them, they may kill them as well because they may lose control. They may well do. I don't think they care very much about that. Oh, it okay. is, um, it's is—it's the first fully electric laser cannon. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because they had used a chemical-powered laser in the Gulf War on the USS Ponce. <laughs> the USS what? Yeah, the USS Ponce, exactly. Good gracious. I suspect the word doesn't mean the same in the United States as it does here. No, probably not. How extraordinary. Yes, I thought you'd like that.
1: Yes, when they do those sort of liaisons where, you know, countries go and sort of do exercises together, there must have been a few strange comments from the British <laughs> <I'm> uh, <sure laughs> they were. sailors know on board. Completely
0: failed to but they do anyway, don't they?
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that is it, I think, for this edition of Gadget and Gizmos. We will have more from the tech world, from Steve Kaplan and myself, at the same time
0: next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No. It's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.